2: We hope you have your shout of Cuban coffee ready, your cafecito, your croqueticas, because it's time for La Ventanita. Uh, Thanks for joining us here today. My name is Carlos Frias. I'm the editor, the food editor of the Miami Herald, and this is La Ventanita. It's a food podcast from the Miami Herald where we talk to some of the most interesting folks in food and pop culture uh, about Miami, about food, about current events. Uh, And luckily, so I don't you don't get tired of my droning voice, we have the editor of Miami.com and my good friend, Amy Reyes.
0: Hello, Carlos. Glad to be here with you on the first episode. Can't wait to get into it. I'm really excited about your very first guest, too.
2: Did you ever think we were going to be back here, be doing the the podcast again?
0: Well, yeah, I actually kind of did. The first one was super fun, so I figured at some point you'd probably be back at it. So,
2: But I'm glad... I hope I'm it'll be a little bit back. more interactive. I, I hope to be a little bit more loose, a little bit more active. I I'm 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 hoping it'll be a version of a careening hot dog cart, you know, bouncing down Caiocho. So uh, yes,
0: that that's an accurate description of what we're about to do.
2: <laughs> well, uh, you know, we're we're gonna do this every Thursday, and it'll also be available on uh, Apple Podcasts and audio only and video replay if you can't get tired. If you know you you can't get enough of our mugs. <laughs> but, Amy, we got a lot to get to today, even, if, even though it's our first podcast.
0: Give the recap, um, Carlos.
2: So, we have a New York-based restaurant with a Cuban concept that supposedly is inspired by the spot in Mexico where Fidel Castro and Che Guevara plotted the Cuban Revolution. That's the inspiration for the restaurant. What and they an it w-
0: origin story!
2: And they thought it would be a great idea to open this restaurant in Miami. Right. So we'll have, we'll get
0: get to that
2: later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll get to that later. We're also going to have a preview of my review, um, my review of the week, which is going to be on Sonny's Steakhouse, uh, which is uh, in Little River. Uh, That'll be published next week, but we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, We'll also talk about some new restaurant openings, of course, at the end of the show. And we may even get into the slap heard around Miami where. Inside of Morton's, is a,
0: that is a food story.
2: Yeah, it's a food story. It happened inside of a Morton's, where uh, you know a son of uh, one of our U.S. representatives uh, took a backhand to one of our local leaders, and it's like it couldn't get more Miami than that right there. Gotta love it. But first, <laughs> the reason before we you get are, into
0: that main, the the main dish is coming first.
2: Yes, and I think I think this guest is going to have some takes on this because he is from Miami. Our guest today is Alex Lackamore. Uh, Alex is the kendall Ray's musician who helped create the music to the hit music, Hamilton. Uh, He's been on a tear since Hamilton, honestly. Uh, He's the executive producer on the Netflix film Tick, Tick, Boom, starring the Oscar-nominated Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield. Uh, He produced the music to the film and the musical, In the Heights. Uh, He created the music, uh, the whole vibe to the the, uh, Netflix cartoon, Vivo. And this month, another hit Broadway musical he helped create, Dear Evan Hansen, comes to the Art Center. So, oh, and he says "bro" a lot because he's from Miami.
1: That is accurate. <laughs> Hi, Carlos Sayemi.
2: Welcome, Alex. Man, it's great to see you, man.
1: Good to see you too. Thank you for having me on the maiden voyage of, uh, of La Ventanita. I'm excited to be to be here. Thank you.
2: I hope you got your Dramamine pills. It's going to be shaky, but we're going to
1: we're going to make <laughs> we'll it. We'll
0: figure it out. We'll figure it out.
1: I'm here for it. Well, Alex, where are you coming to us from? Where are you right now? I am on the Upper West Side of Manhattan in New York City. I've been living in New York since 1998, so I guess 24 years this year. Wow, that's crazy. Longer than any city I've lived in.
2: And But but you're still a Miami guy at heart. How, how often do you get
1: back here? So I want to try to get home more often. I've usually been so busy that I don't get to go home more than twice a year for like the last almost six seven years or something like that. I want to try to make a change this year because my schedule has opened up a little bit. But uh, yeah, I all of New York is
0: moving down here anyway. So
1: (laughs) it feels that way, right? You
0: might as well. Yeah. Well tell us you what are your your Miami credentials? Like where did you grow up and where did you go to school?
1: (laughs) I love it. I didn't know we needed a credentials. Yeah you need to to show us your
0: Miami card.
1: (laughs) I love it. But the 305 you need to test my 305ness. Exactly. Um, So I was actually born in Los Angeles. I lived there till I was nine. And then I moved to uh, Kendall to, uh, in 1984. To Give me 184th some streets,
0: because Street. I'm a Kendall representative. Okay, perfect. perfect. <laughs> so
1: our, our first place was 11849 Southwest 184th Street. Okay. After that, uh, maybe three years, we moved to 11500 Southwest 115th Avenue.
0: So you were at first were at by Larry and Penny Thomas Park over that by way? Larry and Penny, exactly. Yes.
1: The water slides, remember that?
0: Yes. Do you Uber. know the the little um, lake that's in the center? Yes. There's like, they have signs that say don't go in there because there's animals that are, yeah.
1: <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. And then you have to like <laughs> drive through that bucket just to get in there and go mm-hmm. by like the vocational school and all that stuff. And then Amy, our house. Amy's our,
2: Amy's our Kendall ambassador. We need to get I love a little it. sash.
1: Yeah. No, let's know? go. Let's go. So check this out. That second house that I mentioned got hit by Hurricane Andrew in 1992. Oh. So uh, after that, we lived with my cousins uh, like uh, on uh, near 48th Lane and 113th. I, I can't quite remember the exact average.
0: That's the village green area north of horse country oh or God. east of east of the turnpike.
1: You know everything. This is amazing. I'm <laughs> telling you,
2: she's a, she's a Kendall locator, Matt. <laughs> so You're oh, yeah, close but to you Kend-
0: was- Kendall Regional Hospital. Was yes, it built so then? that was the okay. exit.
1: So it's more like okay. a little further west, than west of
0: Westchester, east of east of Village yeah, Green.
1: Exactly, exactly near yeah. that that church with the big dome, Saint Kevin's.
0: Saint Kevin's, yes. All
1: right now, one of your best
2: Miami credentials is is having a Hurricane Andrew story. Oh my god! And, and you have and you have a, a real one, like a, a one that was. Really important to you, something that really kind of changed the the trajectory of your career a little bit. Will you you tell me a little bit about that in your piano?
1: Yeah, of course. So basically, uh, in Hurricane Andrew, the roof fell on top of my baby grand piano in my room, and the piano got destroyed and damaged. Uh, We couldn't live in the house because obviously there's a, a hole in the roof. And then my piano teacher got the idea to have my story. Put on the local news. Um, I wish I remember what channel it was. Maybe it was ABC. But basically, the uh, the news story was a seven-minute piece about me, about that I was a 17-year-old a, um, a college student playing piano and that my piano was destroyed. Do you have any help? Does anyone know a way to help him with his piano because the insurance didn't cover the cost of repairing the piano? So lo and behold, uh, this company saw me on the news and they called the news station and said we can help and they refurbished my piano in like from top to bottom they got the parts new parts from baldwin piano directly it took like a year or two but that thing was as good as new it was amazing and they did it all free of charge it was unbelievable that's amazing uh, very special act of kindness
2: and and people should know that like you're not your family didn't come from money as a matter of fact like your your uh your mom and dad have real uh, real Miami, humble, hardworking beginnings. You, mm-hmm. you know, your mom kind of did everything, right? She was yeah, a, yeah, a do everything, sure. and your dad, and your dad helped in every way he could.
1: Oh like, yeah, no, I, you know, when I think of the list of jobs my mom has had, you know, even when we were in LA, my mom would clean houses. My dad is disabled, so he was unable to work from the time I was four. So mom took it upon herself to be the the main breadwinner for the family. Uh, my dad would get some money from the insurance and from uh, uh, disability. But mom has been uh, a, a hairdresser. She's been a receptionist at a funeral home. She's been the hairdresser for the folks who come through the funeral home. And by folks, <laughs> I think you know what I mean. Wow. Uh, she has worked at a tow booth. She has worked at a post office. She has worked at a Winn-Dixie or Publix uh And uh, now she's retired, thankfully, but uh, she's gone through a lot just to make ends meet, you know. And through uh, it all,
0: every time that she had the opportunity to help you with your music, since you showed so much promise and interest in music as a child, anytime she could do anything to help you, she figured out a way.
1: My mom never said no. Even as as crazy as a thing as me wanting to see a concert in Sunrise. Florida, which is not close. You know, I wanted to see Bruce Hornsby in the range and concert, So mom would drive me on a school night to go see that and wait for me and drive me back home. If I had a gig in who knows where, you know, uh, a Miami Shores. My mom would always drive because I was too young to drive. And even if I was old enough to drive, we didn't have enough money for me to have insurance to drive, <laughs> let alone a car for me to drive myself without the insurance to go drive. So anyway, all this to say, I've always had constant support from my mom. Uh, just, uh, you know, she, she just never said no when it came to my music.
2: Alex, uh, you know, one thing I think about is your music uh, is so tied to, to everything, uh, the way you process the world around you. And I was thinking earlier, is there like a, is there like a food music jingle that always sticks in your head? Like, is the you know the the Burger King jingle? Is there are things like are things like that uh, sticky to you? Are things man. like that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so when I was a kid and out in Los Angeles, McDonald's had a commercial, and it was probably the late seventies, maybe the early eighties, and it was basically a rap. Uh, my sister might remember this. Uh, <laughs> Big Mac for little fish, quarter pound of French fries, icy cold, thick shakes, Sundays and apple pies. <laughs> and it was an animated thing with like, you know, a, a cup with a straw sticking out, like snapping its fingers and wrapping this thing. I, I remember that. Does that count? That is,
2: that is amazing. That, that does counts. count. That does that, count. That
1: reminds me of that scene in Tick, Tick, Boom,
2: where Andrew Garfield is playing the, you know, the Jonathan Larson character. And he's on the fence about whether he wants to take his his quick-witted musical writing talents to you know, to basically make TV ads.
1: Yeah, to make jingles, right? Do you pursue your dream to create music or do you like sell out to create music for- for I
0: appreciate jingles. I really like jingles, especially the Santa's Enchanted Forest jingle. Like those jingles stay with you forever. Do you remember that one?
1: If you sing it to me, I probably would. Go ahead.
0: Santa's Enchanted Forest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, what about, how about Dade County Youth Fair? It just keeps on getting better. <laughs> bum, bum. Be there, the fair. The fair. <laughs> well,
0: well, that's you, a, you, that's a route you could have gone too. You know, I,
1: I could have, yeah. It could have. I come for me, so like my light seems to be falling. All right, you this is a, the hot dog cart analogy you're talking yes. about. Yes, like, woohoo! Maloica we're fall. all kind oh, of, on.
0: we're all kind of rigged up.
2: <laughs> oh, going, so when going. you get back to Miami, are there places that you know? Because time is always limited. I remember when I was living in Atlanta, and we'd come into town for a weekend. <laughs> every minute of every day was accounted for but there were like certain places certain things that i felt like i needed to get a fix like i needed to go home with a warm box of pastelito you know like be sitting on the plane with that box warm in my lap is there a places or or things specific that when you get down here you're like i can't get this where i am and i i really want it now
1: so the good news is is right around where we live there's a bakery that's delicious called party cake Bakery. The weirdest oh, yes. bakery. Do you know that place? Yes. Yeah, the yeah. place is
2: great. Party cake.
1: They, so they have a patele de coco, which are amazing. Although these days my tastes have been changing and now I like patele de guava con cheese. So guava con cheese are, are delicious. But Where my is Party wife,
0: Cake Bakery?
1: There is one on 152nd and 137th by us. Um, but yeah, where we are now, we're by the zoo. So that's where the party cake is. That's where the Publix is. There's a Pollo Tropical nearby. You know, there's a... Uh, um, Not Sergio's, but what's the other franchise? La Carreta? No, not La Carreta either. Um, I'll think of it. You'll think of it. Yeah, I'll think of it. But anyway, uh, so I love the the pateles these days. Um, Now my wife is obsessed with the Cuban bread from the bakery at Party Cake. She also used to dig the the, the Cuban bread from Publix, which is delicious. But you know what else I love that I have a hard time finding is the chocolate cakes from Publix. Do you know about those, Carlos? Oh my god, yeah. icing? Is better than any icing I find anywhere in the world. My mom one day during an Easter weekend tried to mail me a cake from Publix, an Easter cake. I'm sure that worked out great. (laughs) She put like saran wrap around the whole thing, thinking it would like stay
0: in one piece.
1: And when the thing arrived, it was like smashed on all the sides. But I still ate it. It was a <laughs> it
2: was tall cooking. glass of cake. <laughs> well,
1: sorry. you
0: know, one of the reasons Carlos was like, "We we need to talk to Alex Lackamore about uh, food because he said that you're one of the people that he's um, interviewed. That like, whenever you come, you're always like, "Bro, what's new? Where do I go? Where, where's the newest, latest place that I need to try? Always. So, what are what places have you been to recently? That well. I mean, I don't know how long when the last time you were in Miami was, but like, what are the the, the places that you that stick out in your mind that you've been so, to in Miami?
1: Yeah, yeah, the recent places I love. I love going to Finca. I'm a huge fan of Eileen Andrade and her places. So both Finca and Amelia's is wonderful. I haven't been to her new place, Barbacoa, so I hope to check that out very soon. Um, there's a wonderful restaurant in Miami Beach called Los Fuegos That was part that is part of Faena, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. There's also a um, an Italian restaurant um oh, i just went to it and the name is escaping me uh again Des- it, it'll come describe
0: it describe it
1: oh it is in the beach it is probably on uh like fifth street off of washington i think and it was a very very small place but they've now expanded it is that um,
2: prime
0: italian carlos
2: I'm trying to think of what's down there. Maybe
0: somebody drop in the chat.
1: Ooh, I've not been to Carbone, but I hear that is amazing.
0: Have you been to the one in New York? Because that seems like the kind of place that you would have been to at some point in your fancy life, right? No,
1: but that sounds like perfection.
2: <laughs> Let me ask uh, you. Fa- so, fancy famous. life, does fancy life, you're like at that border where you're famous enough where you get, <laughs> where you can hook it up, but, you, but, you're, but you're able to com- maintain an anonymity? In other words, you can walk down the street. It's fine. Nobody comes swarming you. So, like, What has your, how has your celebrity helped you in your, in your restaurant game?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, I, um, let's put it this way. Early on in the Hamilton craze, when the show was like a big deal, like it was definitely an advantage to be able to pull that card and say, Oh, I'm in Hamilton. Uh, Can you, can you get me a table? So I have this funny story. There's a a place here in New York that I love called ABC kitchen. And uh, through Hamilton, we had become friends with uh, Stacey London, who uh, is an amazing, fabulous person at the time. As she was like mostly known as a stylist and we wanted to have brunch. And ABC Kitchen was very hard to get tickets for or tickets for very hard a to get table. a reservation for. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, I felt terrible. And, you know, it was two days before a Sunday brunch. There was no way we were going to be able to get a, a place to sit that early. Everything was just sold out for weeks, if not months. And then I thought to myself, all right, I just took a deep breath. I'm like, I'm going to do it. And I picked up the phone. And I said, Hi, my name's Alex Lockamar. I'm the music director for Hamilton. I'd like to have brunch (laughs) with Stacey London on Sunday at eleven o'clock. Can you make that happen? I'm like, oh, no problem, Mr. Lockamar. We'll see you on Sunday at eleven. That's (laughs) how (laughs) you
2: do it. That's how how you you
1: do it. I felt so bad (laughs) doing that because that's so not me. That's
0: how you do it. That's I mean,
1: it was the most baller thing I've done, and I will never do it again. And I felt terrible.
2: Oh no,
1: (laughs) I write down that 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 script and I'm
0: going to repeat it.
2: (laughs) And it was, but that's so clean, just the way he said that. Was so clean. It was, there was no hemming and hawing. No. you know, like, it was very sorry. Ari Gold. You know, like
0: let me have a table. I <laughs> oh, don't work. I do a thing. It works. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: was crazy. Oh yeah, it got a little. It got a little chilly here recently. Did you? Uh, did you get your your churro and chocolate? Can you get those in New York? Can you get? Uh, you have to look,
1: I probably would have to drive to Jersey to, uh, to, to find it. I'm sure there's places in New York who do it. There's a couple of uh, Cuban restaurants here where you can get your fix. But um, no, I had some hot chocolate in here. I mean, here it's cold every day. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's uh, nothing different.
2: Probably what you miss most is like, I, I would imagine there's a dish that your mom makes Oh my god. or or, or your dad. I don't know if your dad cooks, but I, I there's always like a parent, like both my parents cooked and both had like a thing that I like when yeah. I think of their names and food an image pops up. Yeah. Is there something like that
1: for you? Yeah. Food? So whenever I go home, mom makes it a point to have frijoles colorado the first day I'm there. So red beans and rice. Ooh,
2: they didn't miss and, her.
1: Dude, her red beans are so <laughs> killing. <laughs> it's so good. So if I had that with some steaks on palomilla, like con cebollita, like I'm good. Or bite I love as well. Those are the kind of dishes that remind me of home. Mabu make picadillo a lot. Um that kind of kind of stuff. Or um, but yeah, I think the, the steak is definitely my go to.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, hey, yeah, for sure. Is there you know, I always thought about this like even people who don't cook have like that one dish that's like their that's the go-to dish. Like, oh yeah, if you need to impress a lady coming over, you know, <laughs> well, you I'm got, married, bro. <laughs> that, well, I, something there something caught her attention.
1: What's the dish? What's the What's dish you make for
0: her to when make her realize? Over, oh, he's a keeper.
2: That's
1: right. <laughs> so uh, I don't cook a lot, but I can make a good breakfast. Like I can do the pancakes and the eggs. Like I've been trying to up my game in that department, and I just learned how to make uh, eggs Benedict. So that's like my new fancy Ooh, fancy thing. Nice, but. Last night, I actually made Ropa Vieja. I made black beans a couple of nights ago in the Instapot. Pot. So, I, and I now know how to make tostones in the air fryer. So, like, I'm, like, rocking this whole thing. Like, even last night, as I'm mixing my mojitos, I said to my wife, Oye, esta es una casa cubana. Like, that's how you know.
2: Yeah, esta tremendo cubanazo, for <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> uh, that's that's know, a good... I-
0: i kind of wonder like when you're doing live performances since you guys have it's like there's a lot of pressure on you and you have to be present for like the whole duration of the shows and stuff do you have like a dining ritual because i have Mm. a very sensitive stomach and if Mm. i like eat something weird like i could have because you know something i did i did see hamilton in um in 2017 nice and halfway through the show um uh, George Washington switched to the understudy. And I was like, I bet you, he had a stomach ache.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> like he I, I
0: can I came up with Amy's, this theory. He's
2: got Amy's white girl stomach. He's
0: got my white girl stomach. Oh. He probably ate something bad <laughs> and he had to get his understudy to finish the show for him. Oh, Not no. that he had an appointment. No, I came up with this whole story about yeah, it.
1: You, there you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll find out. I'll, I'll look up what <laughs> performance that was and, and get the scoop. Somewhere between um, so act my one and ritual- act two. I have a dentist appointment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Um, so my ritual actually was, uh, as you mentioned, Amy, yes, when I'm conducting the show, I need to be focused. And it's uh, easy for me to kind of have my brain go, if I have sugar. So my ritual was to not have anything sweet prior to the show, during the show, and my reward would be having the treats after the show. So if it, if it was someone's birthday and they sang Happy Birthday, I would cut myself a slice. I would cover it up in saran wrap and leave it on my desk. And I would think about it during the show. I'm like, Oh my god, I'm <laughs> going to tear into that cake when the show is over. And Wait, with that, the people that, be- that
0: the people that were on the stage, did you do they all have weird dining rituals prior to that you noticed? It seems uh, well, listen. Like it seems uh, like it would be a real thing. Like in my case, it would be a real issue.
1: In my brain, they can have whatever they want because most of them are just, exp- you know, they're they're uh, spending so many calories just to dance and sing to get through the show. You, you can see them sweating, so like they can eat whatever they need to eat to get through the show. But for me, because I'm sedentary, sitting on the piano, it's a focus thing, so I just can't like go on with a really full stomach or like I, with, uh, with my brain all crazy from the sugar rush. That that's just the, the difference. I think,
2: you know, I am thinking about like all our different um, the ways that we have food and way we consume it and things that are our preference. And I was wondering, do you have a terrible food take now? Oh. I, I like the, the, the take that I get taken down for the most, and I'm going to die on the Hill is that most, most things can be considered a sandwich. Like, <laughs> there's 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 a lot things there's a lot more things that fall into the sandwich category than people such as people give them credit for oh my, well, like- my
0: unpopular food take is uh, uni is super gross
1: oh i'm not into uni either like i
0: wouldn't ne- like uni is like ew and yeah. everybody i went to like an amakasi experience and it was very fancy and i felt very privileged to be there to do it and then they gave me this thing that tasted like the it tasted like the consolidation of someone's bad breath. Oh. On a yeah! I was just like, ew! Yeah. Like, no.
1: Uni is an acquired taste, and I have not acquired. I am it not yet.
0: acquired. Yeah, no.
1: So I, I, I do have a, a hot food take, and yes, everybody has a different palate. Everybody enjoys different things. For example, I love pineapples on pizza, and I know a lot of people. Yes. Do, uh, like, yes,
2: wow. this uh, is a I man of it. my oh, heart. Doesn't like
1: it. Oh
0: okay. my gosh! So my
1: hot take is that chocolate and mint sucks. <laughs> wow! Okay. I hate okay. chocolate and mint those do not go together they should not go together if you give me a box of chocolates and I smell the mint before I put it in my mouth I throw it away no way
2: Who did I've never I hear been into your peppermint
1: I hate it
0: because that, someone else said this to me like this week somebody said this exact same hot take and they said the reason being that mint reminds them of medicine or toothpaste
1: sure absolutely. and so
0: like it should not be combined with something delicious like chocolate
1: I'm not going to make a chocolate mojito. That makes zero sense to me. <laughs> Listen, if
2: you give me if you give me a chocolate mint toothpaste, I might have to go to the hospital because I'll just be
0: you <laughs> I'll just be
2: eating right out of the <laughs> container, just squeezing it right into my mouth. So you're into it? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm totally into it. Oh yeah. There's like that, there's well, few things that I'm not that I'm not totally into. The thing that I can't eat like my really is my barrier is uh, I have a hard time with organ meats. I know that's organ like a meat. Oh, like yeah. A, yeah, you know, yeah. No, I can't like, do that either. My my dad was the kind of guy. My late dad was the kind of guy who, um, you know, he would eat everything and anything. You'd serve him. He, he'd rather have the fish serve whole. And when he ate it, he would eat the eyes. He would crack the skull. He <gasps> oh would eat the brain. He'd wow. leave like a he'd leave a glistening little pile of bones. Oh
0: my god! Oh my god! I have a I have a funny story about organ meat. Please. So we went to this Dominican restaurant. My husband's Dominican, and so. <laughs> The chef comes out and he's like, is there anything you don't eat? And I said, in Spanish, because we were all speaking in Spanish, I said, no como órgano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, in Dominican Spanish, oh, no. what I just <gasps> said was really gross. And oh,
2: no. Ee- the organ, you I do not. So I don't
0: eat organ.
2: I see and the chef funny. was
0: like, what? So, He's
2: like, that's not on the menu. <laughs> that wasn't on
0: the menu, <laughs> I was Where
2: like, like, I was like, like higado,
0: here. higado. <laughs> <laughs> Tripa, yo no como órgano. <laughs> (laughs) he was like not feeling my stupidity (laughs)
1: oh my gosh
2: whoops um well i I, i'm curious too if uh, we're gonna play a little game here if you're if you're cool with it uh how about a how about a game of kiss marry kill you remember (laughs) kiss marry kill yes i'm gonna give you three items there's one that you have to kiss there's one that's so good you have to marry and then you got to kill one of them but is it food yeah, food, food,
1: married. food. All of a sudden you're gonna talk about people.
0: Yeah, like, no, we're no, gonna no, make no. you oh, talk about Listen, people. <laughs> already
2: kissed and married, so that's it.
0: Yeah, you're good.
2: <laughs> so croquetas, cafe cubano mm. and pastelito. Ooh. So, like let's talk about each one. Which yeah which... yeah, yeah.
1: So, so croqueta,
2: what think... what kind of a croqueta guy are you? A ham croqueta? Uh, ham croquetas.
1: Yeah. I would probably marry the croqueta. Okay. Uh I would probably kill the cafe cubano because I'm not doing coffee these days. What? and what's the third one? A pastelito? Yeah, I would kiss that. Okay. Because I think I like the croqueta more than the patelito. And uh, yeah, you know, I I was always a social drinker, a social coffee drinker. So I would never have to have my coffee. I was the guy that if someone said, hey, I'm going to Starbucks, do you want something? I'd be like, yeah, get me a whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, So I would have it infrequently. And then I didn't have coffee for about a full year and a half. And I tried coffee again after a year and a half. Mom made some, some café con leche. I drank that and I felt like I had plugged my finger into a, an electrical socket. Like there was like <laughs> electricity flowing through you my were veins, completely, my body you were completely for a detoxed couple of, hours. of it. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I felt like I, what is that the physical therapy thing where they put those little pads on you and you feel like the electricity? I felt mm. like I had that in my entire body. I could not hang. So I, I no longer do coffee. It does not, it does not feel good.
0: Oh, I can't even relate to that sentiment. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, i can't get going unless i have like i don't know
0: like i I almost i almost like saying to me the idea of not having coffee for a year i'm like how long would the headache last
1: oh i can't imagine yeah yeah you'd probably go through some crazy withdrawal right totally yeah yeah so what
0: what is your like what's the what's your favorite comfort food restaurant in miami what's the one uh
1: so right now probably uh so here's the deal i love Finca, and because I love the way it fuses styles, but like for comfort, comfort food, like I, I think probably Maasai, I, I think just like does it in a just way. Just for that the like tr- gives,
0: tradition's sake. You, yeah, you know what you're like it has
1: that going on. Uh, but I also love going to Heroes as well, just because that's really close. My dad loves going there. Um, my dad also loves La, La, La Isla Canarias as well. Um, but I just prefer Finca a little bit more. It just gets us a little hipper.
0: So is Do that you, the place you would take your friends from New York if you were, if, if you were in town?
1: If I'm like, bro, you got to check out this place. That's where I would go. Yeah, bro. Unless it's like, hey, you got to go to bro. the beach, bro. And then we'll find another place.
2: <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing yeah. quite like going to La Ventanita, though, right? Like even if you're kind of zipping through, especially Versailles, I think has, has the best. You know, like the, the, the food I think is as good as you can get in other places. But like mm-hmm. something about that window experience there. It's also like,
1: just a tradition. You just feel it. Like uh, I know this sounds weird, but I believe in energy in a certain way. And the energy that is around like the 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 magnetism of that place and what it attracts and the history that's around it it, you feel it It, it's just got something about it that when you're there it's not just about the food It, it truly is about the experience yeah,
2: there's definitely that that bit of history that comes out. I mean, I've been at Versailles at like 11 o'clock at night. I've been coming sure. back from somewhere late at like two in oh, the yeah. morning.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. At,
2: that was like the stopover, especially if you lived in the burbs. Yeah. Like if you're the Kendall guy, you know, you're out in the beach and on the way back, you kind of need something <laughs> to stabilize you, so you can drive to home. make the rest I of know. the trip.
1: But you know what that was for me, believe it or not, was Denny's. I used to love oh rocking the Denny's <laughs> yes. at three o'clock in the morning to que get the rico. moon over my hammy.
2: Oh yes. The moon over my, that was my
1: go-to. <laughs> oh my God. I love a good Denny's breakfast at three in the morning. That was the jam. Oh, Where's your Denny's? Guy, Which is? Denny's? The but one not- by U of M. Oh, okay. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right across on US1 there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, as a breakfast guy, that's a good selling point for like, for, you know, f- yeah, bringing over a girl and be like, you know, I don't make dinner. but I do make breakfast.
1: (laughs) You know know what else? You might have to stay. You might (laughs) have to stay is what I'm saying. You made me remember Swenson's. I miss. Oh yeah. That place closed. Oh my God. And it was next to Specs records. Like that was a night out going to Specs records and looking through what you wanted to buy, going next door to have a sourdough sandwich that they would do a grilled cheese on the sourdough have that crazy Sunday. Uh, it, it was amazing. There's the, actually the original Swensons is in San Francisco, but it's this tiny like venue. There's no place to sit down. They don't serve sandwiches. It's just about the ice cream, so it's it's not the same at all. So what did you like at that Swenson's? Like uh, the moon. Uh, oh, I don't remember the um. There's a there was a coit tower. I remember that one. I remember some crazy like death by chocolate thing that they yes. had. Yes, I they remember had... that. My kids love that. Oh, my God. I wish I remembered the name of it, but there was a sandwich that was like ham and cheese and like a grilled cheese. Um, it was called El Dorado. That's what it was. Oh, nice. Was if so they were going
0: to make a signature sandwich for you in Miami at some Cuban restaurant, what do you what do you want on it?
1: Pan con bité con papita frita, con lechuga y tomate wow that's the, that's i went right to it work. right i didn't even hesitate bro he's that's like you've been thinking about that sandwich i was picturing it i was building it in my mind <laughs> 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 yeah right in la plancha it's got to be in the plancha en la camoire.
0: <laughs> Calentito.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Qué rico, man. oh yeah the, i i took you to that that pancumbite place oh, isn't yes. that place great it's um it's this, this guy panolo amy if yeah. you remember this guy adrian adrian castro who is the bartender at this uh bar called union beer store on calle ocho He started during the pandemic just making pan compite like once a week. It's like all he could do. He's managing the bar. He does all their marketing. He does their Instagram videos. And he started doing pan compite once a week. And they're like, they're pretty fantastic.
1: It's the real deal. But also it was kind of like you helped design it, right? Like, didn't he ask you for tips, Carlos? He asked you what you thought and you gave him some pointers about La Papita or something and, and it made it better.
2: No, I, I think at one point, like we were just in early one day having a beer and he's like, Hey, you know, I'm making these sandwiches. Do you want do you want to try one? And yeah. I was sure. And, um, and the, the first time he did like he was working with a couple chefs to really get the flavor down. Right. And I was like, you know, you could season la papita in here. And I was like, what kind of papitas here? He's like, well, they're, they're actually hash browns. The guy uses mm-hmm. hash browns mm-hmm. to add that extra crispiness. So He's been talking to the right people and building it the right way. The bread comes from this little bakery that's literally behind my house, uh, uh, called Pinocchio, mm-hmm. where they still make it the old school way with lard, because you Ooh, know. Oh
1: yeah, yep. That's it. Tastes so good when it's done that way.
2: That pillowy goodness. Oh, it's the good so stuff, good. Man. Oh, man. Absolutely.
1: And another thing that's interesting: the bread tastes better in Miami than it does in New York. Obviously. What <laughs> I mean, and it's probably the humidity or whatever, because we will buy a piece of bread, like at, you know. 6 a.m. in the morning from party cake, get on the plane and eat it that night in New York and it doesn't taste as good. I, up and New well, York I, think, up and I, I, I think that
0: that Cuban bread in general kind of has an expiration moment. Oh, like yeah. it after a certain window of hours, you should yeah. not eat it, you know, because yeah. it's like no, it expires hourly yeah yeah, exactly
1: (laughs) it's like pillowy 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 baseball bat yeah yeah exactly exactly that reminds me of a meme about like an avocado it says like you know when is it time to eat it and it's like not yet not yet not yet now too late too late
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is accurate
2: well alex man uh it's been so great to have you on um i we i really enjoy just Hearing Thank about you. food in Miami in general, Thank you. Um, is there is what else? What else is there? Something that you've missed that that you want to add? Or is something you want to plug? This is your this is the moment
1: for shameless self promotion. No, ah. <laughs> like, where can people find
2: you? Work? What work do you want
1: them uh, uh, to be to, to watch? So people can find me on the Twitter. I'm Lackety Lack. Uh, I'm on Instagram at a lacomoir. Uh, and in terms of uh, as I mentioned, 2022 right now. I was trying to take a, a step back to recharge last year. It was so like just jam packed with project after project. So I'm pretty burnt out and I want to use this year to travel. Uh, I want to use this year to just, uh, just chill and, and just kind of like not the pace where I'm just like going, going, going and not sleeping. So uh, I, I just need to kind of like t- take a, a minute. So um, nothing at the moment, but you can see all the stuff I did last year. I, I was lucky enough to work on four movies uh, I, I did In the Heights, the Dear Evan Hansen film. I did Vivo and Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, so I would not recommend That's working a lot. on four musical movies in one year. <laughs> but I That's did. a lot. And, I, and I, I, I lived to tell the tale. Exhausted, but I lived.
0: Well, use 2022 to spend more time in Miami and to eat more food.
1: Yes, sounds good. And you just made me remember it. I have to go stop by uh, that uh, to get that Banco Bitae on, on a Thursday. So <laughs> thank you. I, I'll be texting Carlos for, for food tips for my next visit for sure. Hit me up for sure.
0: For sure. So oh, nice and, to- yeah. You
1: mentioned uh, Dear Evan Hansen. So people can see Dear Evan Hansen at the Arch Center next week. So that's a, a thing that people should check out. I would love for them to see that.
2: Absolutely. Well, you know, that's 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 one of those, of all the works that, that I mentioned, it's the only one that I haven't seen.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, you I haven't seen out. that one yet either. So
2: I'm excited about that one. Yeah, I, yeah. I, they're
1: I, open Tuesday, this coming Tuesday and they're there until Sunday. So you got like a very finite window, you know, like, like the bread and the avocado. You, you mm-hmm. got like-
0: Run, don't walk.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I'll see well, you there. We're going to be there, man. Dale. Alex, thanks again, man.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
2: You got it. He's great, isn't he?
0: He's the best. Love Alex
2: Lacamoire, folks. He's and, and you know what I love about him is that he's such a Miami guy Um, and he's so grounded and down there. It's hard to kind of wrap your mind around like the guy has won a Tony, an Emmy, a Grammy and like, you know, and he's worked. No, on, and on then and then he Oscar went and he, moves, he moves. went
0: and won another Tony and then won another Grammy and then won another Tony and then went another. he's got so many Tony's. He's sick of winning Tony's at this That's point. It. Just call he's, him Anthony at this just, point. He's,
2: he's tired of
0: uh, he's tired of winning Tony's.
2: And, and like, I, and it's, and again, it, the guy's just so down to earth and he's, I was talking to Billy, Billy Corbin, uh, on Twitter because Billy Corbin follows and, and I appreciate it. And I just mentioned, yeah, I'm talking to, to Alex, uh, later and he's like, man, that guy's an effing genius. And, and it's like, you know, from a guy who obviously is a creator to be able to look at another one and say that, that guy does a special thing, you know? Yeah. It's pretty, no. it's pretty cool.
0: He's amazing. Uh, all right, Carlos, I think you need to get into it.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, let's, yeah, before before we uh, uh, finish out here, there's just some, a couple of things in the news. So you know that I spent most of Tuesday chasing down this story where that Cuban restaurant, so there's a, a restaurant called Cafe Havana, and it was founded by a fifth, uh, this is all stuff from the website, by a fifth generation Brooklyn guy, an American guy. Um, and it's all based on supposedly the, the origin story is, where where Fidel and, and uh, Che planned the revolution in Mexico. So he used that as like the backstory the to info. create, yes, to make a Cuban Mexican place. And it's been open in New York for a long time, like since 98. But now he decided to open one in Miami and Miami is not having this, man. Miami is not having it. Oh, Alex, listen, Alex just texted up before I forget. The <laughs> restaurant he couldn't remember on the Machialina. which yeah. is frankly, that's, that's one it. of my that's yeah, one of that's my the, favorites. That's the place. Yeah, Mike Perolo and his sister Jackie Perolo run that place. And it's like it, it's been there for 10 years. 10 years quietly in this little restaurant where they do Italian food, not like the big family style manja plate, but like little thoughtful plates, and you can just eat and eat and eat different and things. And you know what's good night. about Machialina? What's that? If you
0: make a reservation or whatever, like you can actually get a table. Like you can go there and you can eat their food. Right. It's, it's amazing.
2: Right. Car, car, carbon gay?
0: <laughs> no, I, carbon I still can't picara? get a table. Still can't get a table.
2: Not. Nah. Maybe next week. Uh, anyway, but, so
0: going back to your story. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so
2: these guys are planning to open a spot in Brickle. And it's like, I, I can't see. This is why I have a hard time getting excited about restaurants that are not created by Miami people or people that under, at least understand Miami. Because then you have concepts like this that are not just like, oh, that's a boring restaurant, but it goes out of its way to be offensive yeah. to the culture of that community. You, know, you really don't Well, the don't
0: interesting get thing is that once once people in Miami put this place on blast, once the interwebs realized what was going on, they subsequently cleaned up their website. And they took off the backstory of the Che Guevara and Fidel Castro meeting in this restaurant and they just kind of scrubbed it and put up some innocuous story about the the founder, which makes it seem like okay, they finally realized that this might not fly in Miami, so we need to come up with another another tale,
2: which yeah, mar- is it's, it's a little disingenuous. The market will decide on them. The
0: market will decide.
2: Oh, so anyway. we, so we have a couple new restaurant openings, right? That we're that we're talking yeah, about.
0: Yeah, we just uh, posted a few stories about new places coming. There's a new place called. Um, Motec that's opening up in the Aventura Mall. And it's actually, there's one located in the Seabold building, which opened during the pandemic. And apparently their food was so fire that they opened a second one up in Aventura Mall. According to the story, um, they were getting a lot of orders from that area. And they were like, this seems like a good place for us to open up a new spot. So they went ahead and did it. That's cool. Then there's um, a new bar <laughs> in Miami beach at the, at the um it's at a via hero hostels it's called delirio Mm -hmm. and it's like a poolside bar and you can get really fancy cocktails and it sounds really cute and i'm gonna have to get something cute to wear so Bro, I can I, to we're too
2: old to go to any hostel. I can
0: do that. I you're, can gonna, go, no, you're gonna,
2: you're huh? gonna look no. You're gonna look like the creepy, the creepy. I actually, I would look like the creepy old person. You would just be Don't like call me cougar old, town.
0: Carlos. You'd be so
2: cougar town in that place in a hostel. No, no.
0: Stop being such a hater. All right, and then the one place that I'm actually, I kind of want to go to this place. I'm not like really into fancy, like scene st- type of restaurants, but Sexy Fish is finally open, and I want to go to this restaurant not because of the menu because the menu sounds very it sounds very weird to me it sounds like my white girl stomach might not be able to find a suitable item on the menu cuz it's got like smoked tuna belly and um and you know bone and bone marrow stuff like it's a very odd menu but It's got really cool decor and I really want to go just for the sake of being in the ambiance. And so I'll have to figure out, I'm going to talk to Connie so she can help me order because I don't know what I'm going to get off this menu. It sounds very, very fancy and very high end. And so I want to go to a sexy fish just for the sake of the ambiance. And I know that's a bad reason to want to go to a restaurant, but I'm going with it.
2: No, not at all. I think, I think ambiance is a great reason. Like if not, you would just eat at your house. Uh, you know, like, and I think a perfect example of that is a place that I, I reviewed uh, that'll be in uh, next week's uh, Miami Herald, Monday's Miami Herald, um, which is uh, uh Sunny uh, Steakhouse in Little River. Um, and I think that that place is like, especially when you're talking about ambiance, that's what makes a place like that. So they went kind of like for a steakhouse concept as far as like the food, but these are the guys that own Jaguar Sun, which is a downtown cocktail bar with like plus food, like really good food not a lot of it but the stuff they make is really good but during the pandemic they were trying to figure out what do we do when we can't have we can't host people at our tiny indoor bar so they found this event space um, where they just um, you know where they created like they went full on steakhouse but all under the stars under this beautiful banyan tree uh, with these hung with string lights in the corner they're making everything on a wood fire grill so there's like these blaze of fire like something out of peaky blinders and there's nice. so much vibe in this place that it's like that's that's the reason to go obviously the food has to be good um and and that's kind of what i talk about in the story so okay so we'll talk well, about that's, that, more. that
0: my, we'll talk about that one next week after after we post the story
2: great well it was great starting this back up and uh we'll do it again next week Uh, Thursdays at 11, it'll be, uh, you know, streaming. uh, And then uh, it'll be available on all your favorite podcast places. (laughs)